Welcome to episode two of the Brooklyn Netcast. I'm joined once again by Kevin and Brendan. And we've also got a new person on tonight, Caleb. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Caleb. I've uh, been a Brooklyn Nets fan for about six years now. I'm from Buffalo. And I started following the Nets. Basically, a buddy of mine now, one of my best friends, Mike, he moved into my neighborhood. And I hated basketball at the time, about six years ago. And he started telling me about the Nets, started making me watch the games. And I've been a Brooklyn Nets fan ever since. Perfect, perfect. So... I mean, the first thing we've got to say, people, is 4-0. 4-0. Kevin, if yeah. you'd have... Well, you, you actually predicted it, didn't you? You said you were going to go 5-0 on this trip. Yes, sir, tonight. So, I mean, I said... I think, Brendan, did we both say we were both going to lose to the Suns? Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we both didn't find ourselves in that back-to-back. And I'm glad we got proved wrong, though. That's, that's all I can say. And uh, Caleb, did you go 5-0? I went 5-0, yeah. You went 5-0. So yeah, we, we love the confidence in that corner. We didn't have it. <laughs> right, so we'll cover we'll cover the first game um, of last week, which was the Sacramento Kings. So Kyrie Irving scores 40 points, shoots 68% from the field, and James Harden shoot, uh, scores 29 points. Uh, Caleb, I'll come to you. That fourth quarter, well, and the third quarter as well, how impressed were you with the Nets? Um, well, I'd been controlling the Twitter at the time, and I was tweeting about rotations, and they were getting slow off screens. Like, Aiden, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker were destroying them off screens all game, up until, I'd say, about halfway through the third quarter. And then they started hitting shots. Ball movement was better. Like, Tyler Johnson was lights out. That's the best game I've seen plays in that. Um, TLC, Shamit, Harden, they were just moving the ball, hitting shots. Uh, clutch shot after another and another. Chris Paul was had an amazing game, just a part in the fourth. But our defense really stepped up, which is something we haven't seen. And it also kind of gives Nets fans a newfound faith in our role players, not just rely on our three stars, because you can see they can step up. Yeah, 100%. I mean, um, Kevin, I'm going to come to you here. Tyler Johnson has definitely made a point for more minutes after that game. Yeah, uh, big time. Like I said before, he the first impression that he had on everybody probably wasn't a positive one just because of um, he was pretty much just thrown in there. KD, Kyrie weren't playing and he had to just uh, just give us minutes that he probably at the time wasn't really prepared for. Um, but I guess it, it probably just was just like a mentality issue. You know, when you enter a team, when you're playing with three elite superstars, um, that can get in your head a little bit. But I'm sure that, you know, probably the, the role players, the vets, um, the big three probably just encouraged him to to be better, and that's exactly what he did. Um, he had an efficient game, hit timely threes, um, and 17 points, which pretty much helped to secure the W. That was um, he he just con- con- contributed in in such a great way with this uh, comeback win. Yeah, 100. percent I mean, Tyler Johnson has surprised me recently because when we we signed him, didn't we, for the bubble? Um, because we had a lot of players that were sort of out and not available. So we signed him and I expected him to be one of the players we didn't come back to um, in the nicest possible way. But he's he's proved a lot of net fans wrong, I think. And hopefully long may it continue, because while he's shooting threes, we have got no problem on the call. Uh, Brendan, I'm going to come to you for this. Well, I'm pretty sure, I think it was 27 three-pointers and it set a new Nets record. Yeah, that was uh, – the Kings game was crazy. I was watching it. Uh, it was probably like 1 a.m. my time here because it was like a 10.30 start. They kept pushing it back. And honestly, it was worth every minute watching because when I was watching, you know, Kyrie, the way that he was shooting the ball, it was 8 of 11 from three – or nine, I think he ended up with nine threes, actually, nine of 11 from three. And then uh, James Harden with that 29-point triple-double where he was really showing his impact on the game. And I think that game alone really just showed how valuable he is to this team. And – that honestly, like in the end, it was definitely probably worth it to trade for him because, you know, he, he has a different dimension to this offense. Like I said before in the last episode, he just has like that nick for a pass and he allows Kyrie to go to the shooting guard position, which I think he's more comfortable with because he can, you know, exploit uh, the bigger shooting guards. He can get to the rim quicker and he can shoot over them. He's got great handles, obviously. And 
just like the way that Harden was able to distribute the ball. I think he had what was it sixteen assists in that game against the Kings franchise record. Like Fifteen or something. Uh, yeah, something like that. It was absolutely crazy, and th- that ball moving just allowed the Nets just get open shots, and everyone was hitting them. And honestly, what I was more impressed with in that game was the defense. The in that second quarter, and especially the third quarter, we really built on that lead. Even though we were still hitting shots, the Kings were being suffocated by our defense. And even though they ended up with 125 points, we played the reserves most of the fourth, fourth quarter, and they scored, what, like 45 points in the fourth quarter. So I think it was an improved defensive display, considering how much we were scoring. And uh, just, you know, be, being able to maintain a lead and, like, not having to worry about, you know, somebody coming back and hitting, like, four or five threes, like the uh, – the Wizards did against us a couple of weeks ago. Just we're seeing that gradual improvement in our defense. And I think Nash has really had a big impact on that. Yeah, Nash is he, in my opinion, from what I've seen, he's come under a lot of criticism at the early stages um, of his managerial career, whether you think unfairly so or not. Um, but a lot of people, I mean, I forget what game, I think it was after, it was either the Wizards or the Pistons <laughs> game. The amount of sack Steve Nash under the Twitter feed. Honestly, it was it was a joke. Um, but I'm so yeah. I mean, he deserves the way I look. At it, he deserves a season, unless we're not in the playoffs. He deserves a season um, to make sure because it's all about rebuilding. All these players haven't played together, and he's he will do an amazing job here. I feel. Um, but yeah, did anyone see the um, Sacramento Kings Twitter? They they uh, took a screenshot, not a screenshot, like a picture of their court, and they rubbed out the free points. <laughs> Sorry, we saw this too late. Uh, you know what? The Kings have the best social media, and also on your point, you said, Would you say at 1 a.m. tip off? Was it where you are, Brendan? Yeah, it was like I think so. It, was, it started at uh 10 30, like p.m. around here, and then uh went all the way into like about 1 30 in the morning. It was such a long, elongated game. That second half was very long, but it's very entertaining. Do you want to know what time it was tip off where I am? Uh, I would say probably what, like 4 a.m.? I think you said 5. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. it started. Jeez. 3 a.m. it tipped off, honestly. Wow. I was sitting up, I went to sleep. Uh, I think I went to sleep, uh, I remember, I think it was like 11.30, and I was like, well, I was setting an alarm for about half two. But the thing about NBA games, they never start when they're meant to start. They always start 10, yeah, 15 minutes that's, late. That's, like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's an annoying part. It's been worse right. this season, too. Yeah, and it's like, just put everything 10, 15 minutes more forwards, like the National Anthem and everything like that, and move it forward. So then it still starts when it's meant. Or have every game start when they're like, so if it's going to start at 3.15, put the tip-off time at 3.15 so I don't get up. It makes no sense. Sit around for 45 <laughs> minutes. Like, waiting. And it's like, the coverage on, like, some of, some of the coverages, like, with the people talking, it's like, it's so boring. <laughs> Almost full yeah, of that game against the, uh, the Lakers, uh, I think we were talking about it in the group chat. We were like, it was it almost made it seem like the Lakers were up 11 the entire game, the way that the announcers were announcing it. Like, they were always, like, you know, on LeBron or, like, you know, like, oh, my God, the Lakers, they're coming within five. But, like, the Nets are still 25. Like, they weren't, no, like, ever, right. like, praising the Nets for, like, playing a great game. They were never going to. They were never going to praise yeah. the Nets. No one praises the Nets except Nets fans. And even them. <laughs> they were talking about fans. lettuce after the game. I was like... Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that made no sense. Well, yeah, they they don't like us. So then, obviously, that's the start of a back to back. We then go into the Suns, and like I said earlier, me and Brendan said we wouldn't win this one. We did only win this by four, but the most important thing is the the win, and it goes in the column. So we had no KD, obviously. Kyrie Irving pulls out of this one. Was it? I think this was the back soreness, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah, so James Harden basically has to carry the team, which he does, 38 points. Joe Harris scores 22. Um, we scored... Wait, am I looking at this one right? 40 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That is... Uh, yeah. That was like the um, Kings game, wasn't it, last year? That's what I was with. Oh, no, the year before, sorry, with yes. Dillas. <laughs> See, I knew it would happen. I just got it the wrong way around. I just got it the wrong way around. One of so, you guys said that in the group chat. It was going to be like the Kings game. I can't remember which one of you said it. I can't remember. So I'll come to I'll come to you, Brendan, because you went last last time, and I feel it's only fair you can go first. Um, James Harden, how impressive was he? Um, 
on his own, well, not on his own, that's rude to say to the rest of the players, but when you have three superstars and only one's available, the weight on his shoulders he must have been feeling before the game, he performed. Right. I think he's been very used to this sort of performance. Like he was in Houston because he kind of had to carry the team 82 games a season. And he did, he said that in a press conference uh, after he joined the Nets. He's like, you know, it's kind of like mentally exhausting to go out there 82 games a season and have to drop a 40-point triple-double in order just to win. And I think that he kind of was used to that. And he knew that maybe at one uh, point in this season that he might have to do that. And he's always been mentally prepared for that. And I think that he uh, really lived up to his, like, pipe, I guess we could say, with the trade value. And I think he really just dictated the game and uh, gave open shots to Harris. And even Jeff Green to 18 points. Like, Tyler Johnson was great again. TLC was good. Just, like, all those role players were really trying to click in that second half. And I think once we got on a roll defensively, I think we would give up 73 points in the, in the first half, only give up to almost 50 in the second half. Uh, it was just really just an improved defensive performance. I think whatever Nash had or one of the veterans, maybe Jeff Green said in the in the locker room, definitely uh, give us a kick up our ass that we needed because we were playing awful defense and uh, that really just kick-started the, uh, the whole comeback. And like I said, I think we said before, Tyler Johnson, definitely the X factor in that game, 100%. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with you here, Brendan. Did you almost turn it over at half-time when it was looking like this might be a massive blowout lead? <laughs> Actually, no, because um, I was just, like, really interested to see, like, how Nash would utilize our, like, role players in the second half. I was saying maybe he would just give yeah. uh, Harden a little rest, uh, considering we were down 20 and, like, you know, like, the game was kind of lost, but we were, we were down 24 at one point in the, in the third quarter. And then you see Tyler Johnson with these little flurry of threes, and you're like, okay, maybe we're coming back. And then by the end of the third quarter, we're down like 10. You're like, oh, my God, we're back in the game. And I kept there watching. I, I knew it was going to be worth watching the second half. Because, you know, you, you never know what can happen with this Nets team. And what what happened that fourth quarter was just some of the craziest things I've ever seen. Chris Paul was hitting threes <laughs> left and right. And you would get responses from Joe Harris or – uh, James Harden or Jeff Green hit two big late threes, and then Harden obviously hit that step back three to ice it. And I was like, you know, like it was just so action packed. And like that's what I really liked about uh, this like version of the Nets team was that they uh, they provided some entertainment and like you know all the role players showed their uh, abilities. And I really uh, it was a very visually pleasing uh, performance for us. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean. I thought I didn't turn over. Obviously, I, still, I watched it, but I mean, I was when they took off, took out Harden. We actually went yeah. on a bit of a run. I forget. I think we went on a twelve-zero run. I think it was with Harden out. So it just shows that I mean, we may have three superstars in our team who are in probably, in my opinion, probably the top. Uh, I don't know, maybe top ten. They're definitely top ten. I don't know if they're top five yet. <laughs> they might be by the end of the season but it just shows how good our, our depth is at the moment I mean we spoke about like Nash well Nash spoke about but before the season started how good the depth was and then it looked like he was just chatting a lot of rubbish because um, we used to take him out and struggle but obviously looking at the recent results our depth um, our rotation has worked perfectly Kevin Joe Harris is he arguably the most underrated player in the NBA oh for sure um you know, he just, like we said before, he's as consistent as it gets because, you know, he may make mistakes here and there that, you know, we'll, we'll probably judge pretty hard. But other than that, you know, that yeah, let's just pass. not talk about that. Let's just pretend it doesn't exist. No, but he'll, he'll get a three whenever he wants. Like, he'll shoot it in front of you off a pick, wide open. You know, he banks those automatically. But what I love about him is that if he misses one three, he's just going to keep shooting them. He knows what he's capable of, but that just opens the game up for James Harden. That gives so much confidence to everybody because if Harden's driving, he feels confident that in the corner he has someone he can pass it to and knock down a three. So he makes the game so much easier for everybody. I know every team wants a player like Joe Harden. I mean, Joe Harris, sorry, like uh, anywhere. <laughs> so he just fits in so well with this three because he doesn't need the ball. Um, he just he's a catch and shoot player and he also cuts and drives in. So he's just so effective um, every game and he's going to be such a big factor in the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. I mean, 
Joe Hapinion is is like you said the most underrated player in the NBA. I don't think there's anyone that sort of the amount of clutch threes he takes, the amount of big threes he hits as well, and his name. You never hear Joe Harris in the media. You never. There's never an article on how good Joe Harris is performing, and he. I'm convinced he could go off one night and drop like 23 pointers, and you you wouldn't hear anything about it. You'd hear about Giannis's like dunk or something like that. Um, <laughs> that's just the uh, the way we the way our team is. Um, Caleb, I'll come to you here. So we go off a back to back, two wins. I know you predicted five zero, but was there any point over them two games that you were like, okay, we're going to feel the effects against the Lakers? Um. I can't. I I really don't know. I didn't know what was gonna happen with Kyrie injuries were a big thing. I know who was coming back, who was gonna play, so that was a bit questionable to me. I feel like if Kyrie Kyrie had an awful night against not awful, but it was um very iffy night against the Lakers. So honestly, I would just say the depth players give me a little bit of hope, but I definitely was nervous because I don't. See TLC, Shaman, Tower Johnson, they're not consistent yet. I, for the, to say the least, I mean, Shaman this month in February, he's shooting 42% from three, which has been a great help and he's been a good pickup um, from where he started off. But Tower Johnson, inconsistent. TLC is probably the most hated Nets player right now, to be honest with you. I mean, we all saw the missed layup that lost us the game. Um, no help to anyone else, like Joe Harris's inbound pass, but he's been bad all year. So all we had there was Harden. Um, I mean, Bruce Brown's been nice all year, and uh, Jeff Green and Joe Harris, but I don't think those four can obviously beat the Lakers, but they did it. Their defense was impeccable. Yeah, I'll stick with you here, Caleb. Do you think that the reason it's taken Shamir and a few others to sort of come along is due to the fact that our schedule this season, due to the pandemic, we they, they, like Harden has said, they barely trained together. So when Shamit joined um, on draft day, what he would usually have as a training, um, pre-season training, as he would, or an off-season, he didn't really have that this year. So do you think it's just taken a bit longer for him to get his uh, his shot going and start, well, from looking at this period going onwards, we're going to see the real Shamit that... We know is in the, where he. We know that um, he can be every night. Um, hundred percent. I think um, that's a huge thing. They don't even practice that much. I mean, their first practice, I believe, with like Harden and everyone, was a week and a. It was a week and a half after Harden got traded. They got a real practice in. It took them a week and a half to get a practice with that new team, which is absolutely insane. And I. With the Harden thing and the pandemic combined, both of those things, you're—I mean, you miss, you're missing KD a bunch of games. Kyrie went MIA. Um, Harden got traded halfway through the season, so it's been players getting moved everywhere, and he hasn't had time to build chemistry. And I mean, all new pieces, and you have to, you expect different things out of different players. So at first, I mean, he's playing with Levert and Dinwiddie and Allen, and you expect different things from them. And it was just learning how to play with them, and then they all got traded for Harden. So I think it's been just very difficult for all those players that were added. Jeff Green, to me, has been amazing with what he's had to deal with, too. I mean, he didn't have a real offseason either with the team. He's been one of our biggest leaders, one of the biggest upsides on our team. And I think Shaman also shooting better just because of Harden's passing and how he can just give him open shots. So... No, I agree with you there. I mean, I mean, it's 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 just a weird year. Like this season, I I feel bad for in a way for whoever wins this. And Kevin, you can you can uh, let me know if you agree with me here. Whoever wins the championship this year will be told it is a fake ring because there'll be no fans, or even by the time they get to the playoffs, they'll be limited. Um, wait, what, what's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> so when when let's say let's say the Nets win it, that was just sure. a real one. If if and when we win that uh, final game, social media will be full of it's a fake oh, yeah. ring. There was no fans. 
there was limited fans. Like no matter, I feel sorry for whoever wins it because there's going to be more trolls <laughs> under the comments than there is going to be genuine fans actually happy to see their team win it. Oh uh, yeah, because everyone's just going to be told it. No, yeah, I mean. Especially with this season, you know, there's not that many fans in the stadiums. I, I think that will improve uh, once it goes on, once the season goes on. Um, but, you know, it, it was definitely like that last year. Um, a lot of people say Lakers championship really didn't count. And there's going to be a lot of people who say whoever wins this championship that it isn't going to count. But looking through the perspective of the fans, let's say the Nets do win. You know, it, it just matters to us the most, you know. I think most of us have heard negativity, you know, from everywhere, um, even from the media, even from people on ESPN, people on Fox. Everybody told us that, you know, um, this hardened trade, which is going to be the end of us, it, it, it shouldn't have ever happened. And we gave away our future. We gave away our death. And, you know, we're just not going to make it. So I feel like clearly we're, we're stirring in the right, the right direction. We're becoming one of the stronger teams. And if we win this championship to the fans, to us, it's just going to mean uh, everything. And, you know, we're not going to think about all the negative things people say because that's always going to happen every year. You know, there's always an excuse. With the Toronto championship, it was that uh, KD got injured and, and Raptors got basically like a free ring because they weren't facing KD, the best player on the team. Um, and, and, and they won a chip. Then there's the Warriors. They said the only reason they won was because, um, you know, they had a super team with KD. So it, it just gonna, it's just going to happen every year. And with this year that – well, these two years that we're, we're experiencing now, it's been, it's been insane. So we should expect that kind of um, negative comments from people. But whoever wins this championship, to the fans, it's, it's going to mean the most. And that's, that's the most important part. Yes, sir. Right. This is the time that I've been waiting for since Thursday night. And I've wanted to talk about it for ages. The Nets, 109. The Los Angeles Lakers, 98. This game, like, I can't explain to you how happy I was going into that fourth when we were, like, up 20. And I was like, we've won, like... To, not many teams can go into the fourth quarter against the Los Angeles Lakers side like that have LeBron James and the players they have and sit there in the fourth quarter and go, we've won. Like, we can't screw this up. I knew after when we start, like even through going through the third, like we've won this game. And like, yeah, it was just, I can't even put into words. I've been trying to think all week, like how am I going to word this section <laughs> about the Lakers game? But that was like... <laughs> It's not. It's not like the b- biggest thing in the world because at the end of the day, it is just a regular season game, and all that matters is the end of the season when we play in the postseason. But it's always nice to beat the teams that you will probably face in the playoffs uh, at the end of it. So it's always nice to have one up on them. Um, right, I'll start by coming to you, Kevin. Joe Harris, six from seven from three point range. Talk to me. When when Joe Harris. Has 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 that shot? You know he he's he just didn't miss the whole game. He you, you clearly saw when he shot that those threes in the corner. You knew it was going in. When he shot that buzzer beater coming off the screen, it was just over for the Lakers. Like he's such an important piece in our team. That dude can get you twenty every night. He has he has that kind of um, capabilities. And one of the reasons he doesn't obviously there's three dominant players on the team, but looking at him, you know, ball out against, especially against the Lakers, it just shows you that come postseason, uh, hopefully, and I believe truly come finals, Joe Harris is as reliable as it gets as a player. Um, and that's what we need. That's what we've been looking for for many years. And, you know, he kind of just brings that Brooklyn spirit. Um, it it kind of hurt us a lot when Jared Allen left, Karis Levert, you know, they, they carried that Brooklyn spirit for, for a couple of years. But, you know, Joe just brings it every night. And that's contagious. Everybody Everybody's going to want to do the same. And he just played lights out. And I love how he got his recognition after the game. And that of Kyrie, James Harden, you know, they chose to interview him. So the world, little by little, is starting to get to know Joe Harris. But he's always been this way. Um, and I'm just glad. He, I'm just glad he's in our team. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, Joe Harris was lights out against the Lakers. Uh, Brendan, I'll come to you here. Uh, so there was a... I can't remember who got the technical for the Nets, but anyway, LeBron James shot a free throw and missed it. And Kyrie Irving makes a sarcastic <laughs> remark saying, is that your best free throw shooter? And Lakers Twitter cried over this. I mean, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James are obviously good mates outside of basketball. Um, but is it when it's not on the receiving end and it's not us getting the, like, if that had been the other way around. Um, Kyrie Irving is very unknown to the media in the sense that people don't actually know who Kyrie Irving is and he's based off assumptions. Would that be correct? Absolutely. I think he's portrayed by the media as someone who's, like, you know, like, just a diva, someone who, like, goes into a locker room and goes to a new team and just destroys the whole team, like, persona and you definitely I think that just like started in Boston because you know like he was supposed to be the guy in Boston to lead Tatum and Jalen Brown and those guys to a to a championship and kind of build a young core around them but I think Kyrie kind of flourishes off of not being that you know that guy and I think the media kind of like pushed a thing on him where he was like oh I'm not happy here because um you know like maybe I'm not blending well with the guys in the locker room and, you know, like, that happens a lot in the NBA. And I think, like, um, players, like, do get frustrated sometimes, like Harden did. And the media kind of stretches that out a little bit. But if you saw, like, Kyrie in Cleveland, like, he was, you know, like, very quiet, never spoke to the media, always went about his business. Like, and it was very good in terms of, uh, obviously, his, his play and which got him, warranted him, like, the best contract for a point guard, I believe it was at the time. And um, he kind of just – gets this bad persona because people just automatically assume stuff that is incorrect about him. Like you you have no idea what's going on with his mental health. Like when he took that week long break, like everyone was freaking out. I was like, Oh, trade Kyrie. Like this is the start. Like what if something was going on? Like, we don't know. And I think you just got to kind of leave it to the players to, you know, like take a mental health break. And, you know, when we saw him come back for those like few games that he came back for, he's been dropping 35, 40 every night. And, um, obviously, you can't expect that out of him every game, but you could definitely see that taking that mental break really helped him recuperate and definitely po- prove the media wrong because, you know, it wasn't just him, like, being going out there and being selfish and, like, you know, doing something on his own. It was just, you know, it was something that he needed to do for his own, like, good sake. And I think the media definitely takes up the wrong way just because he's a superstar and everyone speculates and – Obviously, with his track record in Boston or whatever, they just assumed that it was a chemistry destroyer, but obviously it wasn't. And I think you can agree with me here. Nets fans love Kyrie Irving. For sure. Absolutely. I've been the biggest fan of Kyrie for the longest time. Like, even since he was uh, at Duke, like, I I could just see, like, the superstar potential in him. And obviously, I I love him on the the Nets. He was a local boy, uh, went to uh, St. Patrick's School in uh, Jersey, and, you know, I always thought that he may come home at some point, and obviously he did. And uh, obviously I'm more than pleased to have him on the team. He's, in my opinion, probably the the best dribbler, the best uh, pull-up shooter in the NBA, just like off the dribble. And uh, he's a pleasure to have on the team. Yeah, no, he he is, yeah, like you said, he's fully loved by the Nets fans. And we love everything that he does. And, you know, if you need to take a week away for personal reasons – Real Nets fans aren't going to judge you. Caleb, your best friend, Timothy Lawaru Cabarro, 15 yes. points. He he was clutch. I mean, um, I mean, do you want to speak on on your best friend's <laughs> behalf about that game? A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean. For a while, I was saying, send him back to France, trade him, release him, anything. I, I just did not want him on the team. But um, he shot five for six from three. Every time he shot after he hit the first three, I knew it was going in. He just looked confident. And he also had a pretty good defensive game. I mean, the Nets as a whole had a great defensive game against the Lakers, holding them to 98 points, even though they're not a great offensive team for the apparent worst defense in the league. That's great. But TLC, um, he was making smarter decisions. I feel like his decision-making and um, his shot selection 
over the past, I'd say, 15, 20 games has been mediocre at best. But that game, he was taking open shots. He was relying he, – he seems to be relying more on Harden now and teammates to get him those open shots instead of trying to create something he's not capable of. But, yeah, my best friend did great. Yeah, hopefully he continues that because if, if he starts racking up the points and you've already got Big Three, Joe Harris, Jeff Green, honestly, we've become, we'll become unbeatable and, and we'll just go on a, uh, on a very long stretch. So, I'm going to ask you a question here, Kevin. How many people are currently on this podcast right now? How many people are covering... Currently on this podcast. Oh, we got four. Okay. And how are we doing currently on the West Coast? How are we doing on the West Coast? Over this stretch. Oh, I mean, we're we're, we're 4-0. I predicted this last week. Yes, sir. Caleb and I, bro, we got something. (laughs) Yo, 5-0, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You, we, we clearly can't yep. count them out. Right. You know? And it's just going to happen. Everybody knows it. <laughs> just had to chat that one in there. <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> so that's the three games covered. Four and I over the West Coast so far. Obviously, we played the Clippers tonight, but by the time this goes out, the game will be finished. So uh, hopefully, we can get a win. So... Um, Caleb, you wanted to talk about uh, trades that we're linked with and targets that we, we may have. Um, do you want to go ahead and tell us a few bits of ideas you've got and obviously the rumours you've heard? Oh, well, we can, of course, start off with um, DeMarcus Cousins, Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Well, in my opinion, Blake Griffin, we'll start with him, shouldn't go to the Nets, don't want him, and I don't think he'll end up going to the Nets based off needs. As he, um, he's very unversatile. He's gotten slow, and doesn't provide much defensively or paint in the paint at all. And it's exactly what we need. So I don't see that happening. But those rumors could always be true, and he could always be a nice piece. He's had a tough start to the season, to say the least. I mean, he's shooting thirty-six percent from the floor, and he's averaging thirteen points and four assists. It's just not a good start. I, don't see him coming here. I think he's getting towards the end of his career. On the other hand, Andre Drummond is exactly what we were looking for. <laughs> I've trashed him a little bit, but he leads the league. And who uh, haven't you trashed by the way? At twenties. Um. Kevin Durant. Even when he's on Golden State. <laughs> That's about it. Yep. He might be my team. I still will trash them every time they do something wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, Andre Drummond's 26 um, total rebound percentage, highest in the league. I will contribute a little bit of that, too. He misses a lot of close shots in the paint, which is quite concerning. He only shoots 47%, and for a big man who doesn't take threes and shoots all of his shots in the paint, or a large majority, is a little bit concerning. But his defense is... Pretty decent, uh, I'd say above average. His rebounding's as good as it gets. He's one of the best rebounders this decade, and that's exactly what we're lacking. Um, if you guys saw the Lakers game, for a good stretch there, our offensive rebounding was atrocious. There was about they had about five offensive rebounds. I'd say in about three minutes, and that's basically because of us having to play small with Jeff Green at the center because DeAndre Jordan cannot start anymore, I guess. I don't know what happened to him. Obviously, he's gotten older, but he's, at certain points, become almost unplayable. It seems, although that he is unplayable at most points, Harden seems to um, flip a switch at him at some points. Um, You can see him on the sidelines. uh, Harden (laughs) talking to DeAndre and yelling at him, and it works, actually. I think we've seen multiple times uh, teammates show frustration with uh, DeAndre about his defense, and he'll next possession get a block. But back to the other trade, I'd be interested. I haven't heard any rumors about this, but it would either be PJ Tucker, who I've heard doesn't want to go to the Nets. That's the only rumor I've heard. And CD Osman or Larry Nance Jr. They're all 
larger forwards who can play some good defense in the paint. Obviously, P.J. Tucker was the center for the Rockets last year, which is insane. And he's playing great defensively. And we can't seem to stop any center um, at this point. I mean, Thomas Bryant <laughs> destroyed us. And that's Thomas Bryant. So I say one day defense in the paint. Yeah, would it go better than TLC almost? <laughs> but I think if you get one of those forwards, if we can't get the center, obviously, obviously I'd love Andre Drummond, but it seems a bit difficult without a buyout to get him on the team with his contract being so large. But I definitely really would like Larry Nance. I think he's a perfect fit on this team. Of course, if we wouldn't have trade Jared Allen, this wouldn't be as much of an issue. But it was all worth it for Harden. But those are some of the uh, trade rumors and trade ideas I have. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it's, it's the center one's a weird one, man, because I don't want to sound horrible to DeAndre Jordan, but he, in the playoffs, he's not going to be good enough um, for long periods of a game. So then you have to work out, okay, well, who would you play centre? Bruce Brown is is a really good player, but he's also very small. So a big centre can get rebounds off him quite easily and stuff like that. It, I think it all depends on how Claxton comes back. If Claxton comes back and he he is, you know, the next best thing, then we don't even need to go for Drummond. We don't even need to go for these people because if Claxton can play... 25 to 30 minutes a game and he's good enough then our team's fine without having to go through the buyout process so uh, Brendan that, that's that's my opinion I, I'm I'm sat on the fence until we find out what Claxton's like Brendan what's your opinion on the situation How, where do we go I think exactly what you said honestly because we haven't seen him much from Claxton but what we have seen from the last couple of seasons he seems to have shown some potential He's got great rebounding ability, can definitely score the ball with his left hand. And I think that's something that we definitely need. And if we, if he can produce something like that, you know, like maybe grabbing eight to 10 rebounds a game, not necessarily scoring, you know, 10 points a game, maybe getting like six or eight off of those rebounds, you know, just having like something like that off the bench or even starting uh, just somebody who can get in there and get physical and make life difficult for someone like Joel Embiid or, um, you know, obviously he who dropped 50 last night or, and just we need somebody who can disrupt the paint with the big guys because that's really been our issue all year. Uh, and if he can be that guy, then I say we sit on the fence and we wait and give him a few games. And I think the buyout deadline's like mid March, so we have a few we have a few weeks until we can Correct. see how Claxton is. And if you know maybe he's not it, then obviously Drummond's there, and he probably would want to come to us considering how we've played the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it's it's one of them things, isn't it? But Kevin, what's what's your opinion then? Are you are you with us sitting on the fence or no? I mean, do you, have you, you guys ideas? know how I feel about Claxton. I, I think he has um, all the right things to become such a great player. Six eleven. Um, we saw little spurts of that in the G League last year. Um, the time he played, uh, the little bit of time he played when he was on the Nets. So uh, I, I agree with you guys. I I think um, we, we have a couple of weeks until that time comes when we can consider, uh, you know, this buyout or get, getting getting Andre Drummond or, or, or whoever is the next uh, best player available. But I think we definitely need to monitor Claxton. Um, and I hope, he, you know, his, his injury that he had now is the recovery helped him a lot and he can become and be that explosive player that, that we know he is. So I think if he is a big improvement in the re- rebounding, um, we know that he's, he's, he's very, he's a very intense player um, and that's what we need. So I think once we just have to keep an eye on him um, and, and hopefully he becomes that player that we're looking for and we don't have to go to the extent to even trade, which I, I really don't want to do or, or, or go for Drummond, but I, I'm, I'm going to be in a positive side. And I think Claxton is going to fill the role that we're missing. I really hope he is because when he played last year, and it wasn't for a long period, but when he, you could see his potential um, in him, and I remember, who was, yeah, it was against the Trailblazers, wasn't it? Do you remember when he got the foul and then he like span round to celebrate and he just smacked <laughs> CJ McCollum like right into the shoulder and like popped it out? 
<laughs> if it hadn't have been CJ McCollum, the most chill guy in the NBA, I swear it would have started. He would have got ejected because it would have kicked off. Yeah, that was it. But um, oh, may I say something here? Yeah, go for it, mate. I just gotta say something. Um, okay, I must say because I've seen this a lot. <laughs> Claxton is not the next Kevin Durant. I, I don't need to reiterate that. I've seen that all over Twitter. He's not the next Kevin Durant, okay? No. Kevin Durant's don't grow on street. It's about every lengthy player that can shoot a little bit. Claxton is a, an actual center and <laughs> not Kevin Durant. I just thought I should make that very clear. There's people out there that believe it, though, don't there? There's people out there that believe that. So yeah, I, they, they can do that. That's fine. He's, he's not, but... No, we... Okay. As long as, like we don't need him to be, we'd love him. We'd love him to be yeah, the next no. Kevin Durant. We don't need him to be that to to do well. All we do needs for him to do is be a presence yeah. in the paint, defensively and offensively. If he does that, I don't care if he comes away with zero points a game. Like as long as he can make sure he gets every mm. defensive rebound that he should be getting, and he's getting a few offensive rebounds, and he's fighting for possessions and stuff like that, and he's getting blocks. We don't really need him to be that great, but like I said, it's well. I don't want to put too much pressure on him because he's still so young. So telling him to go in there and put up numbers that like Drummond's putting up and stuff like that, and other centers, is uh, is a big ask. Yeah. But I would love to if there would be nothing, uh, nothing would make me more happy than to see Claxton come in and like just blow the league apart. I expect, I expect so nice. twenty five rebounds tonight. No, no, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> forget about Perry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right now. Double every night. Yeah, same thing with Perry though. I wouldn't lie. Don't forget about him. He might have struggled yeah. a little bit, but you've thrown him in a tough position, and he's looked very promising in the G League. So yeah, eighteen, ten, and three is great numbers yeah. for a rookie in the G That's League. That's what I mean. They throw when you throw a, a rookie in, you you have to be careful because. You want to give him minutes because they need to get the experience. But if you give him too much and they get bullied, the confidence just goes. And then you get demoted to the G yeah. League and it's like, well, you've got one or two options now. You've got to have a really strong mentality to get back to where you were in the NBA and improve on, upon that. Or you're just going to sit in the G League forever. And I, I would love to see Perry come back because I think it was the Bucks game. For like a five-minute spell, he was actually doing really well. And then it just went a bit... He's very energetic, and I love that about yeah. him. But he gets so many offensive mm-hmm. fouls trying to set screens and stuff, and it was just kind of frustrating to watch. But yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. just from experience, isn't it? But um, I think him and I think him and oh, Norvell yeah. Pell were having a competition <laughs> who can get fouled out first. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> I think Pell might have won that one. To be fair. I mean... There's just no one around the team. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I mean, this week has been to have a podcast where you can uh, you reflect on the week and it's just www. And hopefully tonight will be uh, another win. Like I said, I'm I'm myself surprised because, like I said, I, whenever we play back to back, we always look sluggish in one. And I know we went behind early against the Suns, but we never looked. I I, I always. Had confidence. I had confidence, but I yeah. didn't have confidence. If that makes sense, that we we could potentially come back. Yeah, you're really um, But it's just one of them things with everything. Like you just can't predict what's going to happen at the moment. Like if it, it wouldn't surprise me if one of the best teams, like the Jazz or someone, went on like a five game losing streak. Like it's. That's what I mean. Like, it, oh, we were look, I was looking back at that. Like we beat them, and then they went on this massive run. <laughs> right, oh, it is where it is. Does anyone else have any points to cover about this week's events? Uh, I have. Um, yeah, go for it. One thing I'd like to mention. I, I think the most impressive thing about this whole run is we did it without Kevin Durant. That to me is absolutely amazing. Do the whole thing without Kevin Durant, the best player on our team, in um, in my opinion, best player, in the, player in the league, is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't say that because just because I'm really mad, but he he's in, I mean he's the one of the best players of all time and the the best scorer of all time, and we did all this without him, 
I think that also shows a ton about our leadership in the locker room and yeah. our depth that no one thought existed. No, 100%. Like, Kevin Durant being out. I mean, we've got another meme of Kevin Durant, haven't we, where he's sitting <laughs> in the walk and he's just looking over and he said, yeah, I like, can't be that. That'll be on our, our socials a few times, I reckon. Uh, Harry, I want to mention something very quick, just going along the line with like what Brendan said um, and what you said in the beginning. Quickly, I just want to give credit to James Harden being such a strong leader for this team because, you know, I texted this in the chat when I saw him struggling against the Suns. I'm like, man, like it hurts so much seeing him, you know, get blown out like this without Kyrie and then without Kevin Durant, without having the guys that he came here to play with. But that didn't phase him at all. And I love just the communication, the constant communication he has during games. You know, if it wasn't for you know, telling guys what to do, giving them that boost, that confidence. We wouldn't have won that Phoenix game. And he's been doing this ever since he came here. So, so much credit to him and so much credit to Steve Nash. Like you said, you know, we bashed him a lot. I had my uncertainties, especially after that Wizards game, after that Pistons game. But clearly he sees things that we don't see. Um, and he sees the potential in these players. And I just have to give him a lot of credit for building up these rotations. And actually... He looks like a very good coach, so credit to both to those two. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, he seems. I have one more thing. So, next I, uh, so obviously going back to Ty Johnson, uh, I I don't really think we should be surprised with how he's in print with, with how he's in playing. He has that ability. Like he signed a four was like a four year seventy million dollar contract to the Heat that we also tried to match a few years ago, and then mm-hmm. ended up going to the Heat and then got dropped because you know he obviously wasn't playing that well. But he's kind of rediscovered that form that warranted that $18 million a year contract that he was offered in the first place. So I think he really has uh, kind of just started to fill his shoes and like find his footing back in the, in the league where he was before. And I think it's just, obviously it's a present surprise and it kind of just shows our depth that like we've had, a, we, we have a guy who was being paid $20 million a year on the bench, barely getting any minutes and now coming up and coming up big for us. And I think plus to him for uh, rediscovering that form. Yeah, 100%. I mean, unless you're a superstar on a team where you're the one that brings the ball up and you see a lot of the ball, it's it's very hard to keep a good form when you're barely seeing the ball and you're barely seeing minutes. Um, Tyler Johnson, like I said, I had my doubts at the start of the season. On, I mean, it's, it's like Chioza. We've barely seen him this year. And obviously, there, there's clearly something behind, a reason mm-hmm. behind why he's not getting minutes in because I thought if anything he was better yeah. than Tyler Johnson in the playoffs last year so we was all surprised but obviously Tyler's proved himself and like I said long way it continue um, just going back to the Steve Nash point um, I noticed this and I, it's very different to, and I'm not saying Kenny Atkinson was a good coach I'm not, saying, I'm not comparing even to here but when we looked like we were in trouble under Kenny Atkinson, it looked always very heated yeah. in the timeout. When you see a timeout under Steve Nash, no matter the circumstance, it almost seems as if it's very calm and it's like, just just relax. Like, he clearly has faith. I mean, it probably helps that you've got KD, Kyrie and James Harden sitting in front of you. But that's besides the point. To... To be able to coach a team and potentially be down like 10 with like, I don't know, like five minutes to go and just be able to sit there and just be calm and not get stressed in your first year of management as well is, I think that's a very uh, undervalued talent that he clearly has. Um, And yeah, like I said, if Steve Nash can take us to a championship, then uh, in my eyes, he's a legend. Yeah, I would say um, it does help his experience in the league 100% right yeah. now. Like, like, with me showing those situations, because he's played in them too. So he's he not only played in them, owned in them. Anyone. I think that's what makes... Yes, yeah, well, that's why he's yeah, a Hall of yeah. Famer. So... <laughs> and um, I think D'Antoni helps too. D'Antoni, Stoudemire, they don't get enough credit Absolutely. for what they've done. Yeah, 100%. Huge. Stoudemire's still in Miami. Like, what the heck is he doing over yeah. there? <laughs> he booked it off, innit? He booked it off. He's like, nah, can't be asked to go on the West Coast. I'm going to Miami for a bit. I don't do them West teams. 
Right, so we've got three games this week. We have the Kings, the Magic. Have we played the Magic? I don't this think year? we have. We have, haven't we? That yeah. was a that was the first, first game, game. First game Harding. I put. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, we have. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Because Kyrie didn't play, and then Kyrie played yep. on Martin Luther King Day yep. against the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. And we yes. haven't played the Magic, uh, Magic, the Mavericks this year. No, and we obviously played the Kings nope. this week. So once we get through uh, to Kings, that is them done and out of the way. I do like the Kings, but we seem yeah. to always do well against them. Um, right, so we'll go Dream through. Caleb, uh, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to ask you for your score and obviously who's going to win. Um, we'll start obviously with the Kings. What's the score going to be? 144, 140. <laughs> well, <laughs> triple overtime. I was on point as hell last time. Uh, I would say it's going to be. Well, a, hu- a huge amount of this is if KD comes back, which is the real questionable thing why this is going to be difficult to guess. But I'm going to say 137 to 123 Damn. for the Kings. And to I the Kings. Think a lot of it has to do with they have, um, yes. I think a huge thing with them is um, their centers also are hurt and their bigs are hurt. So it. That's our biggest weakness. So without that, and their centers aren't that good in the first place. That was crazy. Except Hassan Whiteside having career games. Every center does that. Like, like 20 that's not new anymore. That was like upsetting. 15 against us or something. Like that is yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Old uh, Chamberlain. No, 100 points. 100 rebounds. How many yeah. points did the Nets get? Really? You said? And, uh, uh, I said 137 124, and I'm hoping Kevin Durant comes back on limited minutes. Yeah, it would be nice if he, uh, if he can come back sooner rather than later. So then we play the Magic. We beat them, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah. did. That was Harden's first, first game. Uh, game of triple-double. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. did. So, Magic, so you're going to say we lose to the Kings, and we're going to bounce back against the Magic. Did you say we're going to lose to the Wait, Kings? No, I thought I No, yeah. Hell no. Yeah, I heard you say we're going to lose to the Kings, and that's why I said... Yeah, you were like... Sure? Harry, Harry was like, to the Kings, and then and Caleb was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. I am I was like, what? <laughs> that's why I went silent. <laughs> oh, I must have misheard you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. No, Hassan White said, I can't do that again. We're good. Um... I say Magic or Beagle. Yeah. I feel awful for Magic fans. I mean, every player on their team's hurt pretty much, so, except like Gordon and Vucevic, which is brutal. I have them getting uh, – it's going to be like 125 93. It's going to be a blowout. Except if um, – It was facing against us. Well, yeah, <laughs> is an issue. But, so, you got us – Two wins, seventy points against so. them two. We then play the probably the most. Yes. Uh, what's the word for them? There's confusing. The biggest the letdown is it? What's the word? Yeah, like for what they done last year. Um, yeah, the most disappointing team this season. Uh, the Mavericks. How are we going to do against them? <laughs> huh. I think Porzingis is honestly going to really hurt us because he seems to be getting back into form. So that's – they've been actually playing a lot better recently. Yeah. I have that – they the games against them are always high scoring. Their defense is pretty bad, as is ours. But I have us winning, I'd say, 139 to 136. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> if he does that, if he does that, yeah. Red, Red, Red Red layup, you'll, you'll hear me. If he does that, I'll buy a TLC shirt. How's that? Done. All right, let's let we're, we're all we're all in this. If TLC makes a clutch bucket, we all have to buy a TLC shirt. 
All right. No game. No game winner. Or like bringing, putting them up, or winning them <laughs> uh, in like the last thirty seconds. I'm gonna. I'm TLC. gonna text Nash and be like, just give me the TLC in the last thirty seconds. I don't care who there is. Just call Perry. Get Perry back. I sure hope he's not in. But Boos is hanging around somewhere. Just get him in for the final thirty. Oh God. Musa, Krooks. no, Crooks, Crooks. The, the, um, well, TLC's a new Crooks. Hands down. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, <laughs> so I'll, I'll do mine now just because oh, I'm next man. to the list and I'll, otherwise I'll forget to say mine. So I've got us down for all three wins as well. Although mine are a lot tighter. Except the Mavericks game, mine are a lot tighter than yours. So I've got 117. 115 win against the Kings. I just think, uh, and I we come off a really long West Coast. We're gonna get the obviously the plane back. I just think we're gonna be a bit lethargic. I think we'll still beat them just due to the quality we'll have. I don't think KD will play. Um, and I don't know. For some reason, I feel like Kyrie Irving will probably be questionable again. <laughs> he goes for a spell where like, he plays five games and then he, he's out again. So he might sit that one. But we'll win because I just think our overall quality in this team will just overcome them. But we'll only win by two. Magic, I've got us down. We're not even going to score 100, but we're going to win this one. We're going to win 98-94. It's going to be a really low scoring wow. game. And I'm also going to say this. I'm also going to say this. You're thinking we're going to only score 21 points in the first quarter. Bro. <laughs> you're thinking of the wrong um, team in California. I'm going for it. I, I like to make a bold prediction each week, and that is my bold prediction. We're not going to do uh, a good scoring game against the Magic. And neither are they. They're going to score 94. And then Mavericks. I've actually got us doing quite well against these, to be fair. I've got 117-101 win, so a 16-point win. I just think KD will come back for that yeah. game. That'll be KD's return game. KD's going to drop 35. Harden Irving will both drop at least 20 each. So our offence will just end up yeah. outscoring them. Um, I don't think we'll be great defensively, but I just think because we'll outscore them, we'll get enough. And Yeah, I think... I said last week we'd lose a game, but this week, it, the thing is, it would be the most next thing to go like one and two next week. <laughs> um, because that's how we do it. We, we, we lose the games yeah. we, think, we think we should win. So it wouldn't surprise me, no. but I, the, the way we played this week, I am confident. All right, I got, I got another thing. I if twenty we, points. Sam Whiteside gets twenty it points. Might have more than the stars now. Oh you might God. as well just buy it now. You might have to fly now because then it will arrive for the day. And All right, I'm kind of scared for saying that, but I'll do it. In the second quarter <laughs> when you're just sitting there and he's on 18 points and then he goes to the free throw line. <laughs> stop the count. It's going to be stop the count. You just, see, like, you just see yourself run on. Switch it, switch it, switch it to 30 because 20 is very possible. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, 20. 20. He's going to listen yeah. to this. He listens okay, to this. I'll, I'll, be 30, I'll be 30. And then he's just said that. <laughs> Oh, of course. Well, I guess it's not my time Brendan, I'll come to you now. Um, the Kings with white sides. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to go for the same exact score as the last <laughs> game was. I'm going to go 137 to 125, I think it was. Yeah, 137 to 125. The reason why I'm saying that is because um, I just think Kyrie's going to ball out again. Like, he knows how to play the Kings well, and I think we still struggle defensively against teams like that. Like, where Buddy Heel can throw up seven or eight threes a game, and De'Aaron Fox, a big driver, and then Whiteside was – I think Whiteside will probably have another 25-point game, to be honest with you. But uh, I, I see us struggling defensively, but we'll still outscore them. And uh, I see us, yeah, obviously, winning 137 to 125. I hope we do. And uh, then the this magic. one I have also a blowout, but – more of us scoring a lot more. I have us winning 130 to 105. Because I like like what like we were saying, the injuries with the magic is just too much. And when you have Harden, Tyree, and uh, Joe Harris the way that they're playing right now, I just don't see any way in which the magic 
second team, let alone their first team sucks anyways, their, their second team, whether it stop us at all or not. But uh, that's why – I mean, we'll still give up some points, obviously, but it'll still be a large margin of victory, I think. And then ending the week, Dallas Mavericks. Game. I, I'm very much looking forward to this. I can't wait to see Doncic come up against Durant. And uh, I mean, I, we haven't seen Doncic play against us in a while, yeah. like uh, since at least like beginning of last year. And I, if I recall correctly, he had a really good game against us. So I predict the same thing. However, I do think the Nets will win. It will be one twenty-eight to one twenty-two. And I think a uh, prediction on that. I think. Doncic will have a 30-point triple-double, and Porzingis will have at least 25. Why are we doing this, people? Why are we doing this? Why are we predicting other players against well, other teams doing well against us? Why can't we be like, oh, Durant's going to score right, well, 30 well, points, well, or Harden's going to get triple-double? Well, why are we saying Whiteside... Why are we saying Whiteside? Why are we saying Doncic and Porzingis are going to go off? <laughs> I will say I know, that I got Kyrie will have at least thirty that game, and I, told you this. I think obviously Durant's coming back. He will also have at least thirty, and then Harden will go back to his fifteen assists from the whole season. Just a standard Just fifteen. Just a standard fifteen. Um, <laughs> Kevin, I'll come to you now. Um, Kings to start off with. We've all backed so far. Everyone's I think straight pre zero. Yeah, I don't. I don't know when I'm gonna say the Nets are gonna lose. I don't even think I'm gonna. Nah, probably will. But I think Kyrie isn't gonna play against the Kings because you know he's probably gonna be like I have sore hair or something or, or like his. Uh, <laughs> sore. I, I don't know. Well, I I don't think he's gonna play, but I still think we're gonna win probably one twenty nine to. 119. Just on the Kings game, actually, Brendan and Caleb, yeah, you've both gone for scoring 137. Caleb, you've gone 124. Brendan, you've gone 125. <laughs> There's a point difference in your score. Are you two working together? Harry, to make we sure did you that last week with, the, uh, with the, Laker, with the was it the Lakers game? It was like 122 to 115. I got 122 to 116 or something. So, hey, we... <laughs> working together behind the scenes it's disgusting it's crazy <laughs> PM on each other um, I'm, I, I may change I may change my scores when we release the actual sheet that's all oh, oh, no, <laughs> Harry bro you gotta you gotta get one game right you gotta let me um, again, the I understand I know. I don't know what's you know, going maybe, on. Maybe this magic game will be tonight. Tonight. Yeah, the, the, the low-scoring 98-94 nonsense yeah. going for. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, in terms of what are you – what's your score? Kyrie's definitely coming back. Um, I, I'm, 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 like, agreeing with you. KD's not coming back until the Mavericks game. So, I'd say Kyrie's going to go off 35-plus uh, points. points. We're winning – a hundred and twenty-six to ninety-four. Oh my god! What are these blowouts? See even that one. Six. Oh god! <laughs> All right. One hundred twenty-five ninety-three. All right, let me fix that. Twenty-six ninety-four. No, it's down now. It's no, no. It's on the official paper. You predicted that. So if it doesn't come in, that's no problem. <laughs> but it's nice. You know what? It's nice, Kevin. It's nice to hear you say a Nets player is going to score this many points. Yeah, me too. Not like the other two. No, I, I think his hair is going to recover, so Kyrie's just going to go off. But I, I didn't I didn't notice we all had this art. He'll come back with cane rolls. <laughs> and then to end, end the week. Yeah, I definitely um, think KD's going to come Dallas back. Mavericks. And, I'm going to say we're going to lead as big as 16. Then in the end of the third quarter, they're going to come back and only be down by six. But I still have us winning 130 to 134. Uh, 134 to 130. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> four point there's, some, there's some interesting predictions in there. Um, <laughs> just just that magic game. Just yeah. a loud liar. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be laughing all your faces when at the end of the fourth quarter or end, end of the third and we're only on 60 points <laughs> and then we're going to be sitting there going. <laughs> no, at the end of the third, we're going to have Oh, I thought we were predicting. Oh, yeah, I thought we were end of the third. I didn't realise. Like fourth quarters now? What's this about? <laughs> so, I, I think, yeah, Caleb, you're top. Kevin, second. Brendan's third, I'm still bottom on zero, but that will change and then the table will be flipped over and I'll be top <laughs> after this week. Um, so, yeah, that is that's basically the end of the second episode. Um, Five has anyone else got anything to add? Well, that's what I'm saying. 5 oh, sir. 5 sir. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? This will all come back to bite us if we have a really good <laughs> <We> one. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting sit in here next week, oh, like. We probably <laughs> predict. We probably predicted everything right from the other team beating us. It's gonna be crazy. Well, two. Brendan and Caleb already. Hassan is scoring fifty against us. So. <laughs> I'll see him hating on the next Twitter later. <laughs> so that will wrap it up for there. Thank you all once again for joining in. Um, this will obviously be out uh, Monday 12pm Eastern Time if you do like it please obviously give us some comments and reactions on our socials and we will see you in the next one